0: We're back! We're back! It's a distraction. I'm Drew. That's
1: Roth. How you doing, Roth? I'm good,
0: man. How are you? It is Super Bowl week. You fired up for the game, Roth?
1: Oh, the big game? I can't wait to get together with all my, my rowdy friends for the big game. I was going to say, how many rowdy... Are we allowed I, I, to the- say big game? Can you get sued for saying the big game?
0: Yeah, no. I, I think actually someone did try to trademark big game a while ago. I think the NFL tried to trademark it actually. Hell yeah. And Good the courts them. were like the courts were like nice try but no. <laughs> oh, the uh, the NFL
2: tried to trademark big game and that is the Stanford uh, Cal game oh, I believe. Yeah. That makes oh yeah. And so they protested it and big game was no longer trademarked. I actually believe that you are allowed to say Super Bowl the NFL has just convinced people somehow or people's like Scared nature of saying of like getting sued like the NFL does protect its trademarks you know and its and its copyrights and and things like that but like they're not gonna like send a cease and desist to your bar for saying you're having a Super Bowl party. That's
0: right. It's the Super Bowl presented by Defector.com. And by the way, <laughs> that voice you hear you
2: heard just now that's our guest. It's Dan McQuaid of Defector. Hi, Dan. Yep. Hey, what's up? Sorry to break in earlier, but I think that that also happened last week. So maybe this can be a tradition. The guest can just talk over you guys as as soon as uh, he or she or they are
1: willing to. I think as long as that person has superior knowledge about uh, IP best practices and and that whole part of the law, I'm happy to be interrupted. Now, if you interrupt me while I'm in the middle of one of my classic bits, like if I'm, for instance, if I'm stammering something about the Mets, stay off my toes. Cause I'm working. That's, that's where I, that's me putting food on the table, not just for my family, but for this website. So he's that's my joking. He's joking. I, but like, You know what? I'm not, I'm not joking, Drew. I, not.
0: I, I, I'm kind of like, like when people talk over me, like either on the podcast or at home, like a part of me is like, I had something to say, like, or if my kids do it, <laughs> like, I'm like, I give a stern. I'm like, I was talking like, I say that. And then my wife is like, Ooh, Ooh, he's a little mad. And then the I kids would, like, I okay. think
1: I would do the same if like, on this po- in a podcast context, if I ever thought that I was saying anything important. Like, if it was the sort of thing that I, like, absolutely had a thought that I needed to finish about Jeff McNeil's contract extension, like, I can't be a person that thinks that that's an important enough thought. Uh, so if I'm, again, you know, if I'm going on that, go ahead and, uh, you know, do what you feel is best. We were going to talk about Jeff McNeil's contract extension.
2: right? Hey, hey, I was going to say. I am going to stop you talking about the Mets. I recently that's learned, like- I, I hate mm-hmm. to open up this podcast with a list of my flaws, but one of them is that I do interrupt people and not just because I'm, you know, a man, uh, a white man, uh, but no, but I uh, have since learned that this is a uh, disorder, a symptom of ADHD. So I can try to work on that or I can just continue to interrupt people and then be like, you can't make fun of me for that. You can't complain. It's, it's a, it's a, medical case <laughs> i have that's the it's move cuz i'm ableist.
0: deaf i'm i'm deaf and so when if i fail to listen to my wife and she's like hey i said you know i said take out the trash i'm like i'm deaf what are you gonna do about it huh oh uh, just a poor deaf man she's like you're full of shit you got a robot here you can hear me motherfucker uh i McCoy. i do not
2: think defector media wants to encourage uh taking advantage of your uh, medical diagnoses Um, I do think I'm getting better at not interrupting people, except when they're talking about the Mets.
0: Yeah. I also, whenever I I talk over or whenever I want to complain that people are talking over me, I remember exactly that, uh, back when Bill Simmons was, uh, doing the pregame show for, uh, ESPN. And then he got all mad at his crewmates and he's like, Oh, it's my turn to talk. And, like, yeah. Sage Steele, who, like, rolled her eyes to the camera and shit. So I'm always like, okay, I can't go that far and be that pissy and moany about, like, when...
2: I love, I love when the panel discussion on the TV shows gets into, like, a non-scripted argument. Like, it's a, you know, like, not when I don't care about, you know, Stephen A. yelling at someone. Um, But I do Steel. enjoy when a usually, like, sort of low-key show, when suddenly... Something pisses off one of the hosts. One thing that was amazing, there used to be a show here called Daily News Live where the Philadelphia Daily News writers um would come on TV to talk.
0: Like the TMZ TV show, but for a fucking Philly tabloid. Is that right?
2: Uh it was a panel show. They weren't like in the like cubicles. But okay. but yeah, it would be like, you know, like three or four people. I was actually on it once um when I Go was ahead. in college. When I was in college, I played uh Sandman, the uh world champion of Madden. He wasn't world champion yet, he won it the following year. So I did play him when he was like at the height of his of his skill. And I do? lost 105 to six. Ooh, um you got the six though. You got the yeah, six. I think you made it again. Yeah, it was it was fifty-six nothing, and I scored a touchdown. And then I was like, Well, I better go for two in case I come back. Um <laughs> and and so because it was August. You know, when when nothing was going on, this story was like on the cover of the Daily News, um, which was obviously a a a big treat for me. My 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 father worked for the Daily News. I'm a I'm a nepo baby. Um, but but I uh, I I you know, obviously that was a thrill. Even more of a thrill was playing uh, the world champion in Madden. Just seeing somebody who was so good at that game was really cool. And so I was on Daily News Live and. I was asked if I invented the "so big" virus um, by a man we will not name. Um, "So and big"
0: virus—that is the a-
2: only thing I remember. Like because I was like playing Madden, video games, tech,
1: so big virus that was going on at the time. That's elite old guy brain too, where they're sort of like a video game system. That's the same as computers, which is the same as hacking. This person is Angelina Jolie to me. And that's just uh, basically
2: that is like like I can see how how that person got to the that situation where that would be the joke that he would tell. But yeah, it's a lot of jump. It's a lot of hoops to jump through.
1: Was this at the time when ESPN was putting Madden players? There was like a show where it was elite Madden players that would be, you know, playing each other. It was very early aughts. Like all I remember was like a bunch of like really skinny really aggro gaming white teens wearing, like, the biggest Brian Finnerin jersey ever produced. <laughs> like, they looked like they were wearing just a parachute, but they would get on there and play against each other and be like, yeah, bitch, and that was the whole show. It was like that, and then, like, the and one tour where, like, that was a, an hour of programming.
2: I do think it was around that time. I think it might've been a little later. Maybe my article inspired it. No, um, but, but I do, I, I do miss when, you know how, like, you know, like back in the nineties, football players wore giant shoulder pads and like some of them even had the like neck, neck protector rolls. thing, yes. you know, of you course. don't see that anymore. Brian, Brian Cox the, is the, the is Brian like, Cox I think the, yeah, the, yeah, the, little, the, the, little, patron the fucking, saint of The lazy boy behind thing. his
1: helmet. I remember that. <laughs>
2: Yeah, you don't see that anymore. I don't. I don't.
1: I don't know why. Um, you know what I liked beyond the neck roll was the guys that just had the one panel of foam sticking up. I never understood what that was about. Because the, the neck seat. roll, you could sort it. of see it, but some fullbacks would just have like a thing sticking out the back of their jerseys. Like it looked like they were going to get hung up on a, a rack at checkout. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, uh, Dan. This is our. Our uh, we're modeling good behaviors now. When you interrupt your homie, you got to say, "I'm sorry, I interrupted you. What were you saying?"
2: Yeah, and I didn't interrupt you back. Look how much we're look how hey. much we're so much. And I didn't the, hear a word of it because I'm deaf. So the <laughs> the stimulant shortage is, is finally uh lessening that. No, no, it's it's actually not. Um but anyway, so you know, I feel like because, you know, people did used to wear baggier clothes, and that's sort of coming back into style now. Yeah. Um, Just as I've lost weight, it's like very weird. It's like, oh, now baggier clothes are back in style. Yeah, I'm down it's like annoying, 50 pounds right? from my heaviest. You know, and suddenly, suddenly, it is, it, you know, it is a, a chance for, you know, previous Fat Dan to have, uh, you know, also been fashionable. Um, But so... You know, I feel like, you know, the players had the big shoulder pads and I feel like the jerseys were sold in sizes that would fit over shoulder pads, even though obviously no one would sell, uh, no one would wear shoulder pads in their, uh, you know, outfit to watch the game. And as I say that, there are several people who wear shoulder pads to Eagles games.
1: I was going to say, this is also Raiders Nation erasure. Yeah, guys yeah, just, yeah, Not only do they wear shoulder pads, they got like spikes coming out of them. Oh uh, you you uh, yeah,
2: uh, like yeah. Uh, like they're in the 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 War. road warriors like uh, legend.
1: War. Du- yeah, like they're
2: like they're hawking animal. Let's yeah. let's call them out by their <laughs> individual names. Animal lived in Northeast Philadelphia, where I grew up for a year, and played football for. Uh, it's on Conley Road. No one's gonna. Know, no one is gonna care yeah, if, or if you know, know about what, this <laughs> reference.
0: Since when has that stopped you, Dan McCoy? That is that is
2: that is true. I just filed an article with a. Uh, Tweet of mine embedded in it, which is another classic Damocade thing. That is a an, an an esoteric joke about the Eagles' offense and the uh, I believe nineteen ninety eight PlayStation video game Xenogears, Gears, which is a uh, one of my favorite games of all time. Disc one is amazing, and disc two they like ran out of time or money or maybe both, and disc two is like the characters telling you stories about what would have happened had they been able to complete disc two. And then you like have a boss fight and then there's like 20 more minutes of text. And it is like, (laughs) it's like disc one is like the greatest game of all time. And disc two is the worst. Um,
1: so you can look for it on defector.com. I left that shit in the article, so it's in there.
2: <laughs> yeah. Thankfully Roth is my editor and lets me get away <laughs> with that stuff. Um, having been mostly an, an online writer and a blogger for my career, I've sort of always gotten away with being able to like, <laughs> whoops, this article's 2,500 words and it's just about like a mural in South Philly. You know, too bad. <laughs> that's, that's yeah, that's
0: cute. the the Dan experience. That's what you
2: pay for. We should occasionally I'll get a comment that's like that's like, uh, you didn't get to the point of this article until like 700 words in. And it's like, well, you could
1: have skipped Nobody, to it to that. Yeah, you're the one that you're the one that read it, so who's stupid? Uh,
0: right? we should probably talk about the Super Bowl. Maybe we should I, talk about the Super Bowl. The might be a game. good idea. Uh Dan, your hometown Eagles are in the Super Bowl. You were at the last Super Bowl they were in. You watched them win. What are you doing this year for the game? You are not calling in from arizona so i assume you will not be at that game live
2: i will not i uh was fortunate that i was flown out to uh minneapolis uh with both of you guys i came out uh, a couple days after use and yes. i and you know there was a um uh jorge our photographer you know video guy at the time was also yes, out jorge there Verona. The legend. And yeah, and he um he filmed, you know, he filmed you guys in some segments and he filmed me in a segment at the Mall of America, which was like my greatest dream ever. Um, And I met Morris Chestnut. I was going to say, I very, remember very that one of one of my best like celebrity encounters also because it just, you know, it was like his I was interviewing some Patriots fan and his son just like ran into the shot and started like playfully arguing with the with the Patriots fan. And then. Morris Chestnut himself just just came in. He's not from Philadelphia. He's like, it's I, one thing that I like about football is because it's just like on Sundays and it's national games. Like people do have these sort of like random attachments to teams because like they were good in the seventies or I loved their defense one year or or whatever. I really like Boomer Esiason when I was a kid. You know, obviously no, I was a big you? Eagles fan. What about? But what like, about I now? love Boomer Esiason for reasons I. Cannot really remember. I think I like the Bengals colors. I I, I like the number seven. I don't, I don't know.
0: I think you liked that he was a grown man named Boomer. Like I think kids we all like that. that. Like ah oh, Boomer. Like he's got like a nickname. That's fun. He was cool.
1: left-handed. The helmets were cool. You don't have to yeah. come up with a reason. That is definitely true of the NFL. And now he's just know, a crusty old
2: dickhead. So
1: yeah, he's reverted to Long Island mode.
2: So because the Super Bowl was in. Minneapolis tickets were significantly cheaper um our old company uh i believe it was still owned by Univision at the time in fact i'm it certain it was yeah our old company was nice enough to fly me out there and put me up but they were not nice enough to uh buy me a ticket to the game and and i didn't know i was going to be out there so i was not uh able to apply for a credential i'm not sure if i could get one but that dude who stole Tom Brady's jersey could get one so maybe i could have but anyway, I sold some sneakers and uh, paid for a Super Bowl ticket myself. But because it was in Minneapolis, it was only about three grand rather than, oh, you know, the like sort of 10 grand that you might have to pay. I was in the very next to last row in the stadium. I bought a ticket in the last row and they upgraded me. I'm not not quite sure how that works, but, you know, like the, the, the StubHub or whoever it was, you know, has some algorithm for figuring out, you know, what scalping tickets go where. I like the idea and, of them being
1: like, right this way, Mr. McQuaid, and just leading you down one row from the top of the stadium. And <laughs> You
2: had to, like, pick up your you tickets in. at the baseball stadium, and then you were supposed to take uh, the train or whatever they have in Minneapolis to um, their big bird-killing stadium. And um, I was like, I'm going to walk on these skyways because that's cool. And yeah, that, that is was what I cool did. Man. I walked through like all the I saw so many great like 1980s office building lobbies. Um, it was it was uh, you, you've learned my interest here. Um, they're they're very stupid uh, when <laughs> w- w- when when I talk about this. But obviously, the Super Bowl was a, a great experience. I uh, I saw the Eagles win the Super Bowl, but not just that. I mean, it was like it had the most yards of any NFL game ever. Yeah, it was a um, great Super Bowl. It was kind of wild, yeah. It's like, I mean, I think, obviously I think it's the greatest Super Bowl of all time, but I think even a neutral observer would have to say that it's up there. I oh, know yeah. when I was a kid- I didn't that, like
1: either of the teams involved, and it was one of my favorite Super Bowls I've ever seen.
2: Yeah, I know when I was a kid, it was always Cowboys-Steelers, um, 13 or something. The one that ended 35-31, where Jackie Smith dropped a touchdown in the end zone, that was always considered the like greatest Super Bowl ever. And then like we got- uh, you know, like Super Bowl 25. That was like 20 to 19 with the Scott Norwood miss. you know, yeah, the year before. Yeah, that was sort of
0: definitive for me for a while Um, until like there was a run, you know, start, you know starting, I can't even, like starting, I think, uh, with the Denver upset in 1997. Like after that, like going into the century, I thought the Super Bowl ended up being, because the old gag was that, oh, the Super Bowl always sucks because it was in the 80s. The NFC won it every year, like 40 to 10. Yeah. And shit like that. And then- the Broncos finally got a win column for the AFC against the Packers. And then after that, I felt like the game is pretty has been pretty reliably good. Last year's was Yeah.
1: Not- it wasn't the worst. The the one really super bad one I missed flying back from a work thing, which was the one where the um the Patriots beat the Rams and it was like thirteen oh, or I something. It was just like a miserable, game. I believe. yeah. Um, yeah, I I
2: remember writing a post about that. That was like just headline Super Bowl record set. And it was like the longest punt in Super
1: Bowl history. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I mean, what else would m- you write? More yeah. good on balance than not. I think this one looks like it's going to be very good. It might be stressful for Dan. I also think it might not be stressful for Dan. I, I still don't know exactly how good the Eagles are, but in my idiot's estimation, they seem a lot better than just about any team besides the Chiefs this year. Yeah,
0: I was gonna ask you, uh, Dan. The Eagles, they're not only wildly talented, but they're also, in my opinion, very, very well coached. So can you tell us and the audience what you and your Phillies fans hate about them? Because oh, I know you do. I know that I know so they you all for some reason. Let's go. So,
2: so much. <laughs> um, despite the Eagles, um, running the ball on more than half of their plays this season. There are many people who think the Eagles should run the ball more. Um, <laughs> despite the Eagles having like an incredible defense uh, this season, I would say, you know, that the Eagles gave up one um, in the Cowboys game that they lost with Gardner Minshew starting. They They gave up like a third and 30 in that game. Um, and that was like, you know, there were they, they gave up forty points in that game. That was that was their worst defensive game of the year, I think, off off And like people act like the Eagles defense gave up like 30 third and 30s this year. You know, they were one of the best defenses in the league. I think they're one of the best Eagles defenses ever. I don't know, I you know, cash the make...
1: rush since the eighty five Bears. Just yeah, it's not like this isn't it's funny. I mean, it seems also extremely indicative of Eagles fan brain disease that there's people that look at this defense and are like I just can't trust them. I don't see it or they're like I don't know I can't trust them. I don't see it I don't think I think that's ridiculous to me like they just in terms of passing the eye test the pass rush has been especially ridiculous they're just in the dude's kitchen every single drop back that I've seen I mean and I've seen them a decent amount this year not as much as Dan but like they're excellent. They had a bad game with the, whatever, disco backup starting. Like, I think you can pretty much throw that in the garbage.
0: Yeah, they only had one real loss. Yeah. As far as, I mean, the only loss that they had with Hertz at the helm was against the Commanders. And that was a game where, frankly, like, this sounds really stupid, Dan, but, like, if that game had gone on for five more minutes, the Eagles would have won it. And I know that sounds really fucking stupid, because that's, like...
2: That sounds like real loser talk. But it was just yeah. like football games aren't sixty five minutes long. But yes, no, but, uh, you know the the Eagles. I was actually at that game, um, and the ooh. the Eagles. Uh, yeah, I was at two games this year. They won the first one, so I don't I don't think I'm the jinx or anything. Was it the Vikings um, game? It was. It was. Oh, you yeah.
0: son of a bitch! <laughs> yeah,
2: I was like really nervous before that game, and then the Eagles won. You know, pretty easily. Yeah, they trounced um, them, and. And that's when I started to that's when I realized like, oh, the Eagles are 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 really good this year. Damn. Um so John so I was at that game and the you know the Eagles the it was obvious, you know, so like the Eagles had a chance to win. They were down, you know, a couple points late. They threw a big pass to Quez Watkins, he got them. He caught it. He got them into, you know, maybe inside the red zone even. And then he fumbled uh on the yes. tackle on that play. And that sort of is what ended the game. The, the, the last like real play of that game was Taylor Heineke uh taking a roughing the passer penalty and actually like celebrating oh, and really then hard. Celebrating
1: which, it in a really undignified way.
2: Which was like very funny. Um, but you know, <laughs> I I liked the rest of the stadium, you know, as soon as I th- Saw that flag come out. I was like, "Well, time for me to go," because I knew the game was over, and I wanted to, you know, get home. And uh, and the um, and as I was leaving the stadium, a fan in front of me. I, I swear this is what he said. And I said it on a on uh, the Eagles podcast, "Birds with Friends," last week. And I didn't know if I were if I was allowed to curse. So here I will say the full. Uh, what he said and he said football fucking sucks never watching a fucking football game again the eagles were like 11 and 1 and it just lost the first <laughs> game of the season and it was like really close but you know was the, he sober <laughs> he was sober definitely what i said uh yes probably especially on a night game definitely <laughs> definitely sober right. the 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 Jonathan Gannon thing is really funny. He gave a quote uh, yesterday. I don't know if this was, I'm assuming it was at like some sort of press conference or whatever, but I'm reading. This is the uh,
0: Eagles defensive coordinator, Jonathan yes, Gannon. Yes, Jonathan
2: Co- Gannon, the Eagles defensive coordinator. I'm reading a story from Jimmy Kemski in Philly Voice. He's a longtime Eagles beat writer who I like. Um, and he, here's the quote from Gannon. I think I went into a restaurant one time with my kids and I started getting dog cussed one time and I was like, wow, that's interesting. We just won five in a row. Like people dislike Jonathan Gannon so much they will like tell him to his face. Um, and and that to me is very strange. The Eagles had a good defense this year. You know, I think people I think there were a lot of second halves where the Eagles just sort of like ran the clock. They were so far ahead. You know, they, they had some close games on the road. Most of their home games, they were they were pretty far ahead and you know I, I I think the the Eagles defense is really really good I mean obviously they only allowed you know 14 points in their two playoff games they've the the, the first one they the second one the defense had some advantages with uh, both quarterbacks getting hurt yeah but also I, the Eagles pass really rush hard. the Eagles pass rush caused those quarterbacks to get hurt that's kind of part of the game too not that you you know try to do injuries unless you're buddy Ryan but I mean, that's, it's football. That's part of the game. If you hit the quarterback, he might get hurt. That might be good for
1: your team. That's a good point. The idea that they could cruise to a Super Bowl victory after a dominant season and their defensive coordinator can't go out to dinner with some hoagie mouth guy getting in his face is incredible to me. What a town. What an amazing town.
0: <laughs> On that note, we should take a break and we will come right back with Dan McQuaid of Defector. We'll be right back. All right, I'm going well, to some- get some water. Although yes, I do. You're just more you drinking water.
1: I know, but I'm going to get some more. I love it. Wow. Love I'm going to go get some more tea.
0: Enjoy your water, pig.
1: We are sponsored this week by a podcast called Good Sport from Ted. It's about the ways sports can shed a light on the ups and downs of being human. This season, they'll cover hotbeds of talent and why some areas produce so many star athletes, the politics of stadium builds, how a new sport can gain fans, and how athletes deal with aging out of playing sports at the highest level. That and much more. You can check out Good Sport wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Good Sport from TED, wherever you get your podcasts. We're also sponsored by
0: Cornbread Hemp, a USDA-certified organic CBD company. Their products are flower-only, full-spectrum. That means no seeds or stems. They're a family-owned and crowdfunded company with all products grown and made in Kentucky. They're also certified by independent labs with reports published on their website and are pursuing B Corp status. If you're new to CBD or curious about where to start, check out their Learn section. And when you're ready to order at cornbreadhemp.com, use the code DISTRACTION for 25% off your order. That's promo code DISTRACTION at cornbreadhemp.com. We're back with Dan McQuaid of Defector. We're talking about the Super Bowl, kinda. Uh, McQuaid, let's say your Eagles win this game, which, Anyway, do I get to tag the Chiefs as underachievers or even chokers if they've only won one title, with five years of Patrick Mahomes as a starter? Or is it too early for me to be able to do that?
2: Um, You know, you can do what you want. I do think it is not too early to label anyone a choker ever because, you know, you can choke in any situation. I don't think that the Chiefs have particularly choked in their uh, previous seasons, you know, uh, with... Fuck you, man. They blew a lead in the AFC title game just
0: a year ago. Yeah, Yeah, get his ass. That
2: lead. No they, mercy. They, they Finish him, Drew. They blew a lead to a very good team. You know, the Andy Reid blown leads of old were like, you know, 27 points to some crap team. Now the, it's a mere 17. Yeah, right. yeah, you know, it could be it could be it used to be much worse, you know. Um but you know, you might make a good point there. So maybe you should just maybe we should just label Patrick Mahomes a choker now. Regardless he of what he happens can't win in the, game. the big one,
1: you know what? And a lot of people point to his stats. He's <laughs> so. This is the thing that's weird about it is that. I, so I do not favor them in this game. Um, I could be wrong about that. They they really have been very good. They're not
0: favored. They're underdogs.
1: Yeah. I, you know, but whatever, that uh, doesn't always mean much. I wouldn't say that Vegas knows what to do with this one, Drew. Would Ooh. you say that Vegas has any idea what to do with Look, this? they're favored by nearly a field goal by bareback sportsbook Roth, okay? It's in the back. <laughs> I, so I I do think uh, that Mahomes seems to me like basically head and shoulders above almost any quarterback that I've seen. Like in, his, in the ways in which he's good, yes. he is extraordinary. And yet, like, I don't know. Like, I can't say that... I've seen, I guess you'd, the the blown lead is not what you want. You know, I can't say that I feel like they've underachieved so much as that it's just like the AFC is tough, like football is hard. In terms of taking away from Mahomes' legacy, that's like a dumb thing to be talking about because he's 27 or 28 years old or whatever he is. I do think, though, uh, that there's something about them that feels less like a sure thing given how good they are than I feel like should probably be the case. And, you know, you don't want to put like a judgmental like choker, underachiever, whatever label on that. But it is a strange thing because for a dominant team, I am way more open to the possibility of them losing than uh, I probably otherwise would be. I mean, Andy Reid
2: won a Super Bowl, but he was known as a choker for a very long time.
1: Right. I feel like that's kind of turned, though, to a certain extent, like when I maybe it's just that they've been the like less egregious you know vomiting Donovan McNabb style chokes you know yes that.
0: that's true yeah well cuz also yeah you're right it's more the um the quality of the competition it's not as if I, I mean i think i think in retrospect you can say that they lost to a very good team in the Bengals a year ago but it kind of didn't feel that way at the time it felt like the Bengals were um overexceeding their grasp or overreaching mm-hmm. their grasp that that is not that is clearly not true anymore, and Joe Burrow and Josh Allen will be threats within the AFC for a very, very long time. So it makes sense that uh, that Mahomes is only going to get one Super Bowl or only has one Super Bowl. And also, there's also Brady inflation because he just retired. He has seven Super Bowl rings, and the idea that you can win seven Super Bowl rings is absurd to me. Like, the idea that you could win half that number— is you know has always been sort of insane to me so the idea that you know you only have one like Mahomes has is is unfair it's it's fair to Aaron Rodgers because fuck Aaron Rodgers but it seems unfair to Mahomes
2: unless you really want to just be a dick to Mahomes McQuaid you want to talk about chokers how about the Bengals they should have won the Super Bowl last year yeah yeah
1: get them get them
0: Uh, Dan, you wrote about Philly fans climbing on top of bus shelters, which then collapsed under the weight of those revelers. Have you, Dan, ever tried to climb on top of one of those shelters? And if not, do you think you could?
2: No help. You have to scale it on your own. So I do not think I could. I'm very very scared of heights in not Ah. like not like in a building, right? Like if I'm in a building on the top floor, that's fine. I'll, even those like, you know, where they have the floor where you can sort of like see through it. Like there's that little glass cube on the mm-hmm. outside of the Sears Tower or in the yeah, 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 yeah. in the CN Tower in, in Canada, there's like a floor, you know, that you can see through. Um, I did one at the Western Rim of the Grand Canyon last year. And that doesn't scare me at all, right? I'm like, oh, I trust the engineers who who made this. But if I'm on like a ladder... I feel like I'm going to fall at every moment. And then there's going to be like a newspaper report that's like, how many journalists does it take to screw in a light bulb? Ha! Huh?
1: Yeah. What um, if you're on a, a plexiglass bus shelter with five people who are so drunk that their eyes are rotating counterclockwise in their head? Does that make I, you feel more or less safe? Uh,
2: maybe more safe, you know, okay, safety yeah. in numbers. I want to say I stole that previous line from – I can't believe this is coming up on the podcast. I stole that previous line from a book by Scott Adams, the Dilbert Damn. guy. Oh, we love Back wow. when he was just the Dilbert, Dilbert guy.
1: He's going to be, he's a future guest of the you know, he's obviously a long time listener and a long time. And you know what? A friend, I'll go ahead and say it. I love his work.
0: I have to come back, uh, Dan, because the shelters, they're not like that high. So when you say you get uh, a fear of heights climbing up a ladder Are we talking about like a really tall ladder or is it only a few steps and you start to get the shakes?
2: Only a few steps. I mean, I said like very scared, like it's certainly something I can do. It's not like the end of the world.
1: Right. You just get a little uneasy, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I get that too. So it's not something you might do if you had to make a repair around your house. It's not something that you would choose to do because the Eagles successfully, whatever, like held off the non-existent charge led by a... the ghost of Brock Purdy in the NFC Conference Championship game.
0: <laughs> Same line of questioning, by the way, McQuaid, but for Greece telephone poles, could you climb a Greece telephone pole if you were... So as they say, someone offered you a thousand bucks to scale it successfully. Could you pull it off?
2: That is definitely less likely than the bus shelter. I think I still... I talked about uh, my how I'm like working out a lot again now, but I still... Feel like I'm not, you know, you see those dudes on like Ninja Warrior or, you know, rock climbing and they're all like they all have like, you know, two percent body fat um, and are very muscular. I just have too much weight to to get up. Now, there is it recently came back. There is an annual greased pole climbing championship in Philadelphia um, in the Italian market during the Italian market festival. There's like a bunch of meat at the top. And people have to Come shimmy on, up man. the <laughs> the greased pole. This is not this is not just a Philadelphia specific thing. It's like an Italian American thing. I was in a town in Massachusetts that I can't remember the name of this summer uh, for a wedding, and they're More they were like they were setting up for they were setting up for the like annual grease pole climbing competition and the Italian festival. And I was like, wow, this I did not realize that there were other grease pole climbing competitions. You would think that if there are multiple, there would be like ringers for it. Right. Like someone like like the guy who I played in Madden, someone would like travel around and would be like, I win all the grease pole competitions.
1: Yeah, that guy I would. Suck. I love the idea that there's meat at the top of the flagpole, too, that that's the sort of thing Ooh. where like people are going to do stupid shit. Just if you, like, ask them to do it. Like, it does, the Eagles don't even have to win. If they were like, you think you can shimmy up that thing? People are going to be like, yeah, probably. And then they're going to do it. The idea of doing that and then when you get to the top, there's just a prosciutto is really – um I mean, it's gilding the lily, but I respect that they decided to raise the stakes a little bit. Like it should that. be like pro
0: wrestling. There should be a uh, attache case filled with cash. Yeah, like dangling. Ooh, I like that idea. The- like money in a the
1: belt. belt, but it's just freaking gabagool in there. That's what it's oh, yeah, all about. Yeah, a belt yeah. or you
2: know Dominic Mysterio. That's a famous <laughs> ladder match. Ray uh, Ray versus Eddie for custody of Dominic.
0: That uh, that was a, a really solid. Preview that we've done. But now I we agree. have to cap it off with a pick before we move on to other topics. Dan, who you got?
2: So I'm very nervous. I could see the Eagles losing. Mahomes is a great quarterback. Reed is a great coach. My best friend from high school, who now lives in Taiwan, he messaged me. He was like, Yo, I saw the Eagles are in the Super Bowl. And he's like, Wait, they're playing Andy Reed. They have such an advantage. Andy Reed used to be the Eagles coach. He'll know all their plays. And I was like, Well, Andy Reed hasn't been the coach for a while. But, <laughs> yeah,
1: he right. was Taiwan. <laughs>
2: Little different now,
1: yeah. yeah um, do you dare say it? Or are you going to? Are you? Do you think the Eagles will win this? He's know, say gonna say, "Shit a,
2: or get off the pot." Do it. I'm gonna make a pick. Hold on. I'm getting there. I'm getting to my explanations. Time. But I, I talk think about
1: Xenogears again.
2: I was born a the, small child. Let's do it. <laughs> the Eagles have a great rushing offense, much like Weltohl in the gear in Xeno Gears, Fay's gear. Man. Whereas the Kansas City rush defense is kind of like Ramses. He's always being defeated by Faye. (laughs) And I think the Eagles will run the ball down Kansas City's throats and win the game by 10, 12 points.
1: Yeah. All right. Roth, who you got? Also think the Eagles will win. Uh, I think it'll be a good game, though. I think that the Chiefs are going to score a little bit, and I think the Eagles are going to score a lot. Um, I don't. I think it could be closer than ten or twelve points. I don't know exactly what to expect, but I think that's a, you know, in the way that every Super Bowl is kind of a, a crapshoot in terms of like it absolutely could just suck, and you know, one team doesn't show up, and you end up with that like a uh, Panthers Broncos Super Bowl where it just stinks from the jump. Yeah, it's uh, kind of flat. Yeah, I think in this case. Um, the styles of the different teams complement each other in a way that I think will make for a fun game. I think the Eagles are better. I think they're better than anybody this year. I don't fully understand exactly how that happened so quickly beyond them continuing to acquire good players, uh but that is that is my thought on it. Do you think it's going to like are you basically on the same page with us on this? Yeah,
0: I think the only thing that would make the game close is if Jalen Hurts uh, if his shoulder is still really bothering him because he did not throw the ball very well in the NFC title game. That's and true. I'm not saying that as an Eagles fan, like because Eagles fans will just complain about his arm no matter what. But like he had a lot of bad throws, a lot of errant throws. If that happens again, I think the game can be close. But I don't think it's going to happen again. I think they're going to absolutely truck the, the Chiefs because the Chiefs, like, I know Patrick Mahomes had his, like, a couple of Willis Reed moments where, like, you know, he bravely ran for a yard at the end of the AFC title game and then got bravely roughed by the passer, you know like fine but like that's against hassan reddick and that pass rush he's dead meat and they don't have a fucking they don't have healthy receivers to throw to i I think it's i think it's a done deal i think that's the
1: other thing that's weird about it he played great in the conference championship game he has an injury with a fucking six-week timetable and he hasn't missed any time with it Mm. so like that has to eventually that bill is going to come due you have to think
0: yeah you're you're gonna pay for it hey uh Another thing you wrote about McQuaid for us was about how George Washington University, uh, their students uh, wanted to, they have to change their nickname because it was Colonials, not appropriate. So they were going to change it. The student body wanted to be Hippos, which is a fucking great college mascot name. But all the fucking stuffed shirts uh, within the administration at GW were like, well, no, that's not appropriate for our values. Dan, could you tell us um, why? They chose hippos as a mascot and why the administration was so firmly
2: against it. So, the former president of the university tells this story about how George Washington came to acquire a statue of a hippopotamus called River Horse on its campus. And the horse? Yeah, of course, sure. So, the, the, the president of george washington at the time says that he was drunk at a flea market in maine and he purchased this statue and he brought it home and his wife said there's no way that is staying in our house throw (laughs) it away and so he forced the school to take it and put it up i guess you can do that if you're a university president you can't do that if you're a husband but university presidents are more powerful than husbands and then he invented, like, a story about it. This is my favorite part of it. There's a plaque on the hippo that says, the children at George and Martha Washington's estate used to see the hippos frolicking in the Potomac or whatever. <laughs> and they would go down to see it. Now, obviously, as as you may know, um, hippopotamuses, hippopotami, I don't know, are not native to North America. Uh, they are they are only in North America in zoos, as far as I know. Um, maybe some are hiding out in the you know large, empty states, but I don't think so. My guess is, is that they're in, the only hippopotamuses in America are in zoos.
1: Yes, and so, you, are, you are I think correct. the responsible thing to say is that there is no proof that George Washington's hippopotamus ever frolicked in the Potomac. There's yes. no evidence so, that this so happened.
2: So this is how the school acquired this statue of a hippo. And I think it's great. I think that that story makes me even more convinced that the nickname should be hippo because there's like a weird, silly story behind it. I understand, you know, the the school said that they surveyed athletes and some of the athletes said that they would be embarrassed to be the hippos. And that's like a legit reason. If your athletes are against it, then okay, sure. Um, But uh, I don't know. I think, you know, it's like... uh, They would get used to it, right? Like UC Santa Cruz, the students really wanted banana slugs and they like vote it. And the administration refused to accept the vote that said that, you know, banana slugs should be the nickname. And eventually that, that, you know, happened probably after the scene in Pulp Fiction where a guy wears a banana slug. Yeah, I was going
1: to say, once you've seen a Uh, ponytail, John Travolta in the t-shirt, you're like, you know what? It does work. (laughs) Uh, The new names that George Washington had Were a real bummer to me, too, because it had the, you know, if hippos is the sort of thing where this is the result of uh, college kids having college kids' senses of humor and then also college presidents making uh, drunk impulse buys at one of those large side of the road flea markets, which is all of which is, you know, the best of humanity, the sort of like focus group shit where they're like, what if we just called them the leaders? Like that sort of thing is the worst of it like college administration stuff where they're like our values as a school that um innovates in the innovation space does not that's not hippopotamus behavior so we've decided to uh rename the team the administrative uh executive core well let's let's that look stinks. at some of
0: these uh some of these proposed alternative nicknames the administration proposed and these are actually you can sort of group these cuz a lot of them are in the same genus of nicknames. so i'm going to start Dan, uh, you can tell me whether or not you like these or you don't like them. Roth, you can chime in too. So start with the first two. First two are the Revolution and Revolutionaries.
2: Do you like either of those, Dan? Those are really boring. Yep. I, 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 can just dismiss them off offhand. Dog Indoor shoot. lacrosse league ass names. Yeah, yeah. Is, oh, okay. the lacrosse! I went to a lacrosse game the other night and I saw my Philadelphia Wings. I'm a big fan, I'm not a big fan. Um it was the first <laughs> lacrosse game I had attended since the 90s. But I saw my Philadelphia Wings beat the like Firewolves, the Albany Firewolves, I think Firewolves. that was the team name. <laughs> like so that. like the the lacrosse league has like I mean Wings is kind of standard but the you know Firewolves or whatever they were, Fire Shark something. They, you know, it has like the the vibe of a name that like a minor league baseball team rebrands to one yeah. one night of the season.
1: Yeah, there's a, that's a very it's very small timey and minor leaguey, where they're like you know tonight like we're the Fresno venereal disease like you can get a hat by the way like the fuck out of here <laughs> show some uh, respect. Let's go into
0: the fog subcategory of proposed nicknames. So here are four of them, Dan. The fog, fog mm. riders, fog hoppers
2: and blue fog do you like uh, any of those i think i like blue fog the best of those gw is in foggy bottom that's the that's the reference yep. there yes. um so i think i like John blue Carpenter fog the thing. best i do think a lot of college sports teams have like color name like mascots you know like the 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 blue demons, the, the blue devils. Um, they're not all Satan
1: related yeah. nicknames. Yeah, your Crimson but, Tide, your green wave, things of that. Yeah, nation.
2: you know, and then if you go even older, you get like the schools that just have terrible nicknames, like the Ivy schools that are just like the big green, the 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 crimson. Um but I like the idea of a color in the um mascot name and GW's colors I think are decent. I like the shade of blue.
0: Yeah, it sounds a yeah. uh, sounds a bit monstrous, uh, like a like a monster. The blue fog that comes in. Like yeah, you. the
2: blue fog seems like M Night Shyamalan's new horror film. Yeah, they don't. Yeah.
0: Uh, and also, they didn't go with the foggy bottoms, which like you Ooh, know that would be good.
2: I like that. I like at that. Would have loved to have been the
0: foggy bottoms. I'll tell you what. Next yep. one is uh one I like. It's cavalry. Do you like cavalry, Dan? Um, that's a eh, no. I see your face yeah. right
1: now, and your face it's, is. Saying, I think that's. Acceptable, and it wouldn't surprise me. But it's acceptable because of the fact that it's like identifiably the sort of name a sports team might have. Like, I think that you gotta try to do a little bit better. Like, do better than Fog Riders. Like, do better than uh, you know, the responsible executives. But like, I think you can probably do better than uh, than that as well.
0: Well, Roth, what about ambassadors? That's next on the list. What do you like? The do ambassadors. You like that one? Yeah, the George uh,
1: Washington ambassadors.
2: That is the worst one of any of the names. Revolution is like 10,000 times better. Yeah. Ambassadors.
1: George George Washington ambassador is like something that you like, whatever. If you stay in a certain hotel chain 10 times, you get as a George Washington ambassador, you get a free room the next time you do it. ambassadors
0: of knowledge at George Washington.
1: That was a,
2: uh, I don't know if it was a chain of hotels. There was a giant uh, like motel here. In just outside of Philly, when I was a kid, the George Washington Motor Lodge or something like that, um, they tore it down. But uh, I think there's a water tower in there now yep. for some reason. No one cares
1: about this. I get, they...
2: I'm delivering you exclusive Ben Salem historical knowledge. here.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you were to me, like ambassadors is bad diplomats, I'd almost be willing to accept i don't know man that's tough that's the dips, all the the condolence condolence is better the there is a set. minor
2: league baseball team in new hampshire that was going to rebrand as the new hampshire primaries with like an <laughs> elephant and a donkey mascot <laughs> like and the that. reaction was so negative that they dropped the idea
1: Were yep. they like stick to sports yeah new hampshire you can't negotiate with new hampshire like if you try to give them a new idea they're going to be like no and i'm not paying taxes
0: uh, here are two more, uh, Dan McQuaid, firecrackers and fireworks. Would you like to be the George Washington firecrackers? I'm going to say fire,
2: fireworks are better than firecrackers, but I think firecrackers might be a better nickname. Um, you know, you could just call them the crackers for short. That's, that's, that's kind of fun. Um, you can't really just call them the works for short. Actually. Yeah. Nah. You know, I, I'd be okay with either of these. I'd rather them be named the M
0: eighties or the Cherry Bombs, like a type yeah, of fire- be Ooh, M- like a-, a
2: more specific, like like you know, like now they have those like, you know, very elaborate sort of home fireworks you can buy on the side of the road, um, which is now legal like everywhere somehow after it yeah, being illegal, should, yeah. like forever. Yeah. Um America's back. for a while, Pennsylvania had huge fireworks stores that could only sell to people from out of state. Um, like if you had an in-state license, you could only buy like sparklers. Um, and then they, they changed the the law and then there were like fireworks at all hours in 2020 and people thought it was a conspiracy. And it was like, there's a very clear line here from something that they did. I think the whole thing that's funny about this is like, if colonials is like a name that doesn't work anymore, how is George Washington university? Okay. I yeah. know he is the first president and you know, like the father of our country, but like, if you're saying colonials is bad, then I feel like George Washington is bad too. I realize it would be more effort to rebrand the whole university and people no. would get upset. If you rebrand the sports team, nobody will really care. But um, you know, like some some old man with a lot of money may like cut his donations to the university. Like there is a there's a there's some angry Penn fans who didn't like the uh the the team not standing for the national anthem.
0: Roth, I went to Mount Vernon once and uh and they had they they lightly addressed the fact that George Washington owned slaves and one of the placards read uh, that uh, George Washington asked that his fr- the slaves be freed uh, after his death and the placard read uh Martha Washington wasted no time freeing those slaves a year after Wa- George Washington. Died. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you like she wasted, you wasted some a little time. bit of time, yep. lady. It <laughs> you took your fucking sweet ass time freeing those people. It's a
1: whole uh, process you got to go through to uh, take the people that you've been keeping as property on your farm and uh, turn them back into people. I think we all I think on, we've now established I believe that first of all maybe you can consider changing the name university Hippos is the responsible choice here because yeah. anything else sounds like a uh, like an insurance plan or uh, Ooh, a yeah, gag. Does.
2: Yeah, okay, I'm a so big th- fan of Atlantic Ten basketball. I would like to see the Foggy Bottom hippos as a team in it.
0: Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. Full Foggy Bottom University. There you go. There's four more, but they're all shitty. It's Monumentals, the Buzz. Great out out independence with, with a C E, and then independence with a T S at the end. Oh. All those are all those are <laughs> shitty and bad, and only reinforce the fact that I would prefer they beat the it's George Washington. Like, most of those
1: are like eighty percent of those are worse than the Arena Football League version, like the names that yep. they had in there.
0: They Terrible. sure are. But now, now Roth and Damico, yes. it's time for the guy of the week. Every week Ooh. we remember an athlete of your, not a Hall of Famer necessarily, but just a guy who makes you think. Hey, I remember that guy. And in honor of the Eagles, and in honor of you, Dan McQuaid, I've one of my go-to guys, the horrible, awful, no-good Todd Pinkston. You
2: remember that guy, Dan? I remember Todd Pinkston well. I think people have a more negative opinion of him than they should. You know, are like, you defending like, Todd Pinkston?
0: His little oh, uh, I mean, I have you know a very,
2: very solid memory of him catching a touchdown pass from Donovan McNabb to beat the Packers in I think 2003, and. Oh, it was just like a great, I don't know. He obviously, you know, he, he had some issues. Was that the fourth and 26 game? Was that the Fred X catch? No, no, this was a regular season game. Um, but you know, like the people, you know, you drop one pass, you know, like, like Nelson Aguilar caught, uh, you know, caught like nine, nine passes in the super bowl and then he like drops one pass and people are suddenly like oh he's the worst eagles receiver ever and it's like you know, jalen rager yep. <laughs> is the worst eagles receiver ever um like that's a guy who doesn't who didn't pan out you know uh, todd todd pinkston you know he came in as uh he came in early with andy reed people uh him and james thrash were the receivers at the yeah. time um the first the first the uh, the first year that the Eagles were decent with Reed, they had uh, Charles Johnson and Torrance Small, and that did not work out. And then they uh, they they brought in Pinkston and Thrash, Stinkston and Trash, as some people uh, <laughs> called him. But you the know, greatest in his, fan in, culture in, in the first- world big year with the, you know, I think what happened was in his first big year with the Eagles, he had, I'm looking it up now, 60 receptions for 798 yards and seven touchdowns. And then he got like a contract extension with a big signing bonus. And then on Monday Night Football, he sort of like short-armed a a pass um, and people were like very upset about it. He also caught an 80-yard pass in that game. So... You know, I I I think he you know, he had 82 yards receiving in the in the Super Bowl. I do think he came out um, of that game earlier because of like cramps or something. And, you know, who knows if that's if that's something he could have prevented or not. But so I, I do not have as negative of an opinion about Todd Pinkston as I do many other Eagles receivers, some who are even better than him. Like, I, I don't know. Well,
0: I'm, I find that disappointing, Dan
2: McQuaid, and I'm yeah, sorry if just, you had hey. asked
0: me about Jalen Rieger
2: or like, <laughs> I have basket. like a specific, I have like specific beef with Irving Fryer. I have like specific beef with Chris T. Jones. I don't
1: actually have a specific beef with Irving Fryer because of like an incident at like a deli or something. He it,
2: retired use? and the Eagles gave him a motorcycle and then he unretired and joined Washington. And I think he probably gave the motorcycle back, but he I also had a year where he didn't catch back. any touchdowns until like very, very late in the season. I, I, and then, and obviously he's, he's, he also was like convicted of swindling people. Um, oh,
0: yeah, that's right. That's right. He's but still invited
2: pick- to the, there's an Eagles tailgate that like had him there this year, like the big Eagles fan tailgate. So. Um, he has been forgiven, I guess, but not by me. And honestly, Special it's the football stuff. Special
1: that- Fryer, a unique opportunity to, inv- to uh, join him in a real estate investment that could change your life.
2: Uh, let's, uh,
0: let's get to the fun bag. Uh, it's time to open up the fun bag. These are real questions from Defector readers and Distraction listeners. We have supersized this podcast for the sake of the Super Bowl, but we're only going to get to, I-, I would say, two questions. And I'm going to start... Actually, with you, Roth, because it's a baseball question from JJ, who asks, why are guys in the Hall of Fame ballot for 10 years? Scott Rowland got 10% of the vote his first year, and now he's a Hall of Famer. I think it should just be an up and down vote, either merit entry or you don't. Roth, can you explain to JJ why uh, you are on the ballot for 10 years and not just one?
1: I mean, I can't justify it, but it's because of the fact that the... People that vote for the Hall of Fame want to exercise the arbitrary authority that they have over these people. And so there's this whole idea that, you know, if you go in on first ballot, that's how you show, you know, the real difference between the super duper, you know, Hall of Famers and then the ones that have to squeak in after 10 years of gradually watching their vote total tick up. I think it's – Beyond stupid, I think it's actually kind of like bad for the sport at this point that like whatever justification there is for it uh, is all a part of the kind of negative mindset that baseball gatekeepers have always had about baseball. And I think that element of it where you're basically always talking about how uh, it sucks now and this guy isn't as good as that guy who came before and whatever – It's fucking poisonous. It's not like the reason that young people don't like baseball. Young people don't like baseball because uh, it happens outdoors and it takes (laughs) a long time. But I think that there's more of a like punitive element to it than there should be in terms of just the way that baseball talks about itself. Certainly the Roland thing. Scott Roland deserves to be in the Hall of Fame like and if you needed to wait, like, 10 years so that, like, every year five more people realized it, then that's a call to, like, fix the, the voting process to me. It definitely is not anything on Scott Rowland. Like, it just – it sucks. I think that there is maybe some case that they're, like, churning out some of the oldest and least interested voters and replacing them with voters who are a little more engaged and a little more pro-baseball but it's not happening nearly fast enough for my taste so you just get this shit instead
0: not to defend it but isn't it also there so that if there is a glut one year where every a lot of like a lot of legit players become eligible all at the same time that you will not get frozen out because of that logjam that you will have another year to be considered after yeah, that
1: and that makes sense but you could also have five people go into the hall of fame at once like it's nothing that says that you need to i mean I sort of understand it, but it's not like Derek Jeter needs to be the only guy to go into the Hall of Fame the year that Derek Jeter goes in. I wouldn't want to be the other guy because no one's going to pay any attention to me. But like, it's still, you know, that seems arbitrary, too.
2: Dave, why did Scott Rowland gain so much in 10 years from 10 percent to 75 percent needed for induction?
1: So a lot of what I saw was that basically he was making up votes with new voters like this year that the the votes that basically put him over the top were people who were casting their first Hall of Fame ballot. And those are our younger voters. I mean, the information that establishes him as a Hall of Fame caliber player has been there. And a lot of it, you know, I think that it's a question of who is willing to take that information on face value. That, Like if you look at, you don't want to say like wins above replacement should be the determinative thing. It's a decent enough stat, but it, it feels annoying to say that, but that number is what it is. And it's always been very, I mean, it's like in the seventies, uh, it's like a very obviously hall of fame figure. I just think there's people that look at it and are like, well, he never hit 50 homers or Rogers Hornsby was the superior man or whatever. And like that, as soon as those guys time out one way or the other, and there's people that can look at that number or look at how many gold gloves he won and just be like, all right, this is important too. I think a lot of it, Beyond, you know, I want to say like younger voters are better than older voters. I don't necessarily even think that's so. I think it's a question of the things that Roland was good at are being valued more. And I mean, a lot of that was defense. And I think that there's, you know, maybe older voters were just looking at like homers and RBIs. And I think as everybody sort of starts to agree that defense is also a part of the game. I mean, it's too late for like Keith Hernandez and a lot of the other guys that were superior defenders that didn't even get, uh, you know, the consideration of being on the ballot for 10 years. So I think it's good. I just still think it's, it's weird. There's work to be done.
2: So that was going to be my guess in that people who had like watched Scott Rowland growing up we're like, oh, I love that guy. And then they look at the numbers and they're like, oh, he is a Hall of Famer, like once they get their vote. And I don't know if that's good or bad. You know, you would think the people who covered Scott Rowland would know best if he was a Hall of Famer. And then new people come in and say that like Scott Rowland it, it is a Hall of Famer, you know, when the people who covered him don't didn't think that. But on the other hand, like I knew baseball writers who covered Scott Rowland, they are all idiots. No, I'm right. just Right? No, um, I was gonna but say, like, but like, like, no, but like you know, <laughs> I think that, you know, I I I think that's there's probably like good and bad to 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 that, and so yeah, I don't know. It used to be 15 years you're on the ballot, right? It used to be even longer.
1: Yeah, you could be, but then you would drop off if you weren't at a certain threshold. I mean, that was. Basically, the way that the voting has worked out over the last few years is watching, seeing where guys start and then expecting them to either tick up or in the case of Omar Vizquel, finally this year, start to go back down. But usually it's like you gain a few votes every year and then, you know, maybe you get there or maybe you don't. It depends where you start. In this case, you know, it's like we need Jimmy
2: Rollins on the ballot for like 50 years so he can get in. Yeah. Love that guy.
1: At least we can all keep talking about Jimmy Rollins. He should be in there for that. Uh. Dick's Sporting Goods ad where he had a um, pitching machine firing baseballs at his chest. Iconic mm-hmm. ad.
0: I also, I heard that uh, Scott Rowland only got in because he had his famous friends like uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and Madonna, Winslet <laughs> for him.
1: So. he went Riseboro mode on that ass.
0: Olaf writes in, Danny says, At one point in the pandemic, my wife and I watched several seasons of Hell's Kitchen. We eventually decided to draft contestants at the start of a season, and I built a fairly complex spreadsheet that auto tabulated results. We only did that for a season or two, but still, it happened. Did you do anything really strange or embarrassing? during the height of lockdown. McQuaid, can you answer oh, that question? I? I know I? you've been
2: waiting to. Of course so not. Th- there was a time when this was like the only thing I could talk about. So this person watched several seasons of Hell's Kitchen. I did not make a spreadsheet while watching this show, but my wife and I watched all 11 seasons of Baywatch uh, in yeah. 2020. Yeah. Um, it's like remastered and in HD. And like, Ooh. it's some episodes, like there are like, some episodes had like music videos in the middle of them. And some- they they paid for the song so like the beach boys episode still has the like terrible beach boys song uh that is that was
1: like from the 90s and mike love song about tax evasion or whatever um, and
2: the beach boys the story that i read is that the beach boys originally pitched this song to matt Groening as a rap with bart simpson and Mm. the simpsons Mm. writers said said no. Um, <laughs> Never call this number. The, what? How could they have- <laughs> and the and so then they just did the song and it ended up in a Baywatch years later. Um Baywatch is like so like sometimes there'll be the original song. Sometimes an episode will be like 30 minutes because there are several music videos in it um that they've just like excised. Sometimes they show clips of David Hasselhoff singing and there is different music over it because they didn't want to pay David Hasselhoff to use his songs. Um, there are is it the Berlin Wall is the Berlin Wall song in any of them? Uh, no, uh, I don't know. I'm actually, talking about freedom. <laughs> I think there are some shots of him like on stage in Europe being like adored by fans. And then so then we did not just watch every Baywatch episode. We watched uh the first season of Baywatch Nights. We could not get through the second. Um an interesting thing about Baywatch Nights is it takes place mostly during the day. Um and like the first season is sort of like three seasons in one. There's like Lou Rawls is in it at the first part of the of the 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 show. And it's sort of like a um like a mad detective show and it's honestly like it's not good but it's not like terrible and then they reformulate it to sort of be like they want
1: supernatural squad
2: right well then no so that's season two uh like more about like donna d'errico who suddenly replaces lou Rawls as the owner of of the the club um the the club in the show is called knights and the the um the the story that i read is David Hasselhoff thought he had the rights to Police Story and wanted to do a remake of it, and then they realized they didn't have the rights, and so they made this show instead. And yes, the second season of of Baywatch Nights is an X Files ripoff with no explanation as to why they're suddenly fighting monsters. Um, we also watched all four seasons of Knight Rider.
1: Yeah, this is a this is the the. Dan McQuaid experience, not the entire Dan McQuaid experience, but every now and then in our work Slack, if you want to know what it's like to be a defector, he'll be like, we're watching Pacific Blue and it doesn't hold up. But uh, <laughs> like just I mean, these absolute garbo shows that you and your wife will periodically attack watching. I respect it very much. I, I do, a lot too. Of our,
2: Here's how bad Pac Blue is. We got through four episodes of it.
1: Yeah, Damn. which is incredible. Like when you when you get through an entire season of Baywatch nights. And you're like, no, this one, this is insulting my intelligence that then you have fucked up.
0: I think it's refreshing though. It's much better than being the umpteenth asshole who like brags that they watched the white Lotus. Like, yeah, right. No,
1: I get it. This is, so a lot of our pandemic shit was bad TV too. I mean, I think there wasn't that much else to do. I got
0: into outer banks during the pandemic. Like I, I know how this rolls. It's time for us to wrap up. I did want to ask you, I had one last question for you, Dan, before I ask you to plug uh, the defector store. You also, uh, for Defector, you covered the inaugural Color Star Cup for Defector. Um, can you tell me, and this is just a yes or no question, when you think about Color Star, do you think that Jamiroquai was right when he said that the future's made of virtual insanity? Wow, great question. Yes. I don't need to okay. think of
2: ColorStar for that.
0: Thank you very much for that answer. Now, Dan, uh, you're in charge of the Defector store. Where can people go to buy Defector merch?
2: Oh, it's very easy to get there. You just type in defectorstore.com. store.com. And if you are in the United States, we can sell you merchandise. If you are in somewhere else, you got to email me and we'll work something out.
0: All right. All right. Well, that's cool. And where can we find you online elsewhere? What about your Twitter handle? Can we plug? That I am too? DHM
2: on Twitter and you can find me at Dan McQuaid on Instagram. I mainly post about my cat and whether or not she is in her yurt.
1: Yeah. Thrilling stuff.
0: Perfect. It's the end of the podcast. Eric Silver is our producer. Brandon Grugel is our editor. And our theme song is by Kirk Hamilton. Ads and production services are by Multitude. And you can subscribe to Defector.com right now. Just go to Defector.com and hit the subscribe button. And have a great Super Bowl. We'll see you all next week. Au revoir, everybody. Bye.
1: Bye.